Welcome to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. I'm Deirdre Koppelman, and along here with your co host, John Gassman. Howdy. Hey, JG. We talk about topics every Saturday night to help you in your personal and professional lives. Gut Wisdom will make you think and will leave you with real solutions that come from real wisdoms. That's why Gut Wisdom is radio that resonates. Yeah. Big night tonight, right? It sure is, JG. Hot topic. Well, let me tell you, it's a hot topic and it's a serious topic tonight. We are ready to share wisdoms on this epidemic of sexual harassment. And yes, with the ousting of Bill O'Reilly from Fox, based on allegations of sexual harassment, we definitely have to get into this subject because it's in the workplace. But let's be clear, sexual harassment happens everywhere. And we have some of those stories to share. Yeah, it's a big night tonight. We have Paul Millis, an esteemed member of the law firm, Mayor Swazi English and Klein. He's joining us on this explosive topic. Paul's practice area is primarily in litigation employment law for Mayor Swazi, and he's our legal expert on the subject. And did you know that Paul, he's got the highest rating in Martindale Hubble of AV, which is the highest level for professional ethics, excellence, skill, and integrity in the practice of law? Well, I know know that now, and now our listeners know that. And, you know, Gigi, I experienced sexual harassment as far back as... 30 years ago. I couldn't believe that when you told me that. I I was shocked. I thought you were actually just going to say that you did too. No. Because you're a copycat. No. Yeah, no, I'm very serious. I was at uh, one university, you know, freshman, sophomore year, and the gentleman responsible for my financial aid at times would uh, show up at my dorm, knock on my door, and uh, was definitely exerting power. But we'll have more on those stories if you're interested. I am. Right after this break, you're listening to Gut Wisdom on WCBS News Radio 880. Stay tuned. Get the news you need whenever and wherever you need it. Follow WCBS on Twitter and like us on Facebook. You can even listen to WCBS on your phone with live streaming and audio on demand with the CBS local app. Stay connected with your favorite news radio station all day long. When you need to know, WCBS has you covered. Welcome back, everyone. And if you're just tuning in, I'm JG, along with your host for the mostest, Deirdre Koppelman. And tonight we have a special show on sexual harassment. And we have a special guest. Do you know who the guest is? I do. It's Paul Millis with Meyer Swazi English and Klein. And we're going to welcome him in a few minutes uh, to join us on, you know, this epidemic of sexual yeah, this harassment. Is huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, when we opened the show tonight, JG... Um, I was sharing a little bit about the fact that I was subjected to sexual harassment as a college student yeah. in two universities. So, so, and that was over thirty years ago. As much as I hate to admit it, but this is this is still going on, and it's so. And it just doesn't happen only in workplaces. So now we're in the midst of Bill O'Reilly ousted from Fox. You know these allegations of sexual harassment. We know that thirteen million dollars plus has already been sort of paid out and what are we going to do about it it's a big issue and uh, it's all about creating awareness of the issue and that's what tonight is all about so yeah. we are going to introduce our listeners to paul hi paul good evening good evening paul mellis from meyer <laughs> swazi english inclined sir in the practice area of employment Primarily. Primarily, yes. Some litigation. And like litigation, yes. Uh, yes, you like litigation. Love it. Yeah. Oof. Like it. Mm. All right. Well, we're, we're going to talk about sexual harassment because we know that you are an expert. 
I have a lot of experience, and I'd love to be able to help the listeners understand and, and get their way through this. So, so let's start out with, what's the legal, what's the definition of sexual harassment? Well, I'll give you the legal definition. It is an unwelcome sexual advances, request for sexual favors, and verbal or physical conduct of a sexual nature when submission to such conduct by an individual is made explicitly or implicitly a term or condition of their employment. Hmm. Well, such conduct has the purpose to affect or interfere with an individual's work performance and create a hostile or intimidating environment. Finally, submission to or rejection of such conduct by an individual is used as a basis for employment decision. Let me break that down. That's good because it, that, that was very yeah, legal. It was a mouth. Very, that, very, was a very lot legal. Of, yes. Let me break it down. If you do something in the workplace that makes people uncomfortable, that is unwelcome, that rises to the level of sexual harassment, which we'll discuss, and you do it in the workplace in a way that impacts someone's ability to do their jobs, that's bad. That's sexual harassment. That's unlawful. Mm-hmm. What's I've heard of, uh, of course, hostile workplace. Hostile work environment is um, an often uh, misunderstood term. Uh, People will call me from time to time, and I do primarily defense work representing management and companies in such matters, but I'll take a call every now and then from someone, and they'll explain to me they've been harassed in the workplace. And I say, how? And they say, well, it's been a hostile work environment. I say, okay, why don't you tell me, how has mm-hmm. that hostility manifested itself? Mm-hmm. Many of them tell me, well, my boss is mean to me. He, he tells me I don't do a good job. He complains about when I come in late. And it's just so hostile. And I tell them, in no uncertain terms, you have just described the nature of work. Right. <laughs> That's not a hostile work environment. And, a bully, so- and a bully boss, potentially. Well, uh, potentially. But even bullying itself is not illegal. It right. may be unpleasant. It may not be good for the workplace. Mm-hmm. It's not good for the worker but it's not unlawful. Mm -hmm. The fact is that people have to understand that hostile work environment has to be hostile because of a reason. In a sexual harassment case, it's because of sex. And it has to be more than simply a stray comment made every now and then. It has to be pervasive, as the courts say. It has to be continuous. It has to be more than boorish behavior. So knowing that, what you just said, what's, uh, if you can, give us your opinion on the actions taken by Fox to oust Bill O'Reilly. Well, so so I know their allegations. So let's be clear. Mm-hmm. It had to be pretty bad. Well, look, there's a business side to this, and then there's a legal side to it. Okay. And obviously, from the business mm-hmm. side, you have a history that came out in the New York Times article earlier in the week regarding um, Bill O'Reilly and numerous settlements. And 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 sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Sometimes that's not true. Bill O'Reilly's defense, and we'll give him credit for his defense, is that he is a person of some noteworthiness and therefore is a target for those who wish to utilize his name and complain about actions that may not have occurred in order to make money. Fine. He's entitled to that defense. But when it happens over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. a business has to really take note, and it either has to make a choice, and that is fight the cases, prove in fact that they are not worthy of, of uh, legal uh, resolution in favor of the plaintiff, and then demonstrate that you're not going to stand there and take it simply because Bill O'Reilly is noteworthy and Fox and he make a lot of money. Right. The other side of it is is that when you have such a situation arise, while assuming the innocence of, of the individual, Bill O'Reilly makes big money for Fox. We understand that. What you have to do is say, look, you've got to be holier than now. 
I'm sorry. Sure. If we have to have someone with you, I'm sorry. I'm not treating you like a child, but you know what? We're here to protect you. We don't want these frivolous lawsuits. We don't want these frivolous claims. You have to be the best you can be because if you're anything less than that, you're subjected to a claim, and that costs us money, time, and quite frankly, credibility. Yeah. Perception is a big thing. It's huge. And especially for somebody who's a public figure, someone who's a TV personality, and celebrities, you've seen this so often. Right. They're targets. They're marks for this, and they have to hold themselves up to a higher standard, a higher level of what other people are doing just simply because they're out there, and they not only represent themselves, but they represent their team, their company, even their their organization. And recently... I think it was yesterday, UC Berkeley just came out. They settled an harassment suit for $1.7 mm-hmm. It's a crazy. It's a crazy situation. And I believe it stems from the top. Well, yes. What does leadership allow? And that, what that, is the culture that embodies, you know, what do you tolerate? Do you have a zero tolerance a policy for question. sexual harassment? Because if you do, that starts at the top. And if you don't, it, it has you to. enable it. Exactly, Deidre. Look, um, no one can escape um, these sorts of lawsuits, whether you're the uh, um, a doorman downstairs or whether you are Bill O'Reilly or Roger Ailes. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite frankly, they have to be enforced across the board because if you don't, those people who have certain amount of power because of money, because of ratings, because of otherwise, might. And I'm not saying this in connection with Bill O'Reilly. I know nothing about the case. Right. But I can say that they might feel that they are empowered and allowed to do that which they do. And and quite frankly, the other side of that is even if they don't feel that way, if they act in a way, as J.G. pointed out, if they're not essentially acting at the best standards whatsoever, they will become a target. Absolutely. And that's not good for anyone. <clears throat> Absolutely. And it's fascinating because when you look at, like, the Department of Labor, you know, their rules and regulations that they have pertaining to this, and they talk about, you know, hostile work environment, harassment, and they give you specific examples, such as discussing sexual activities publicly, displaying sexually suggestive or racial insensitive pictures, indecent gestures, which you often see. And I mean, I was at a plant and I I couldn't believe what what one of the plant managers was doing, Mm -hmm. commenting on on physical attributes uh, of a staff member. And I think it. I think you said this. You know, when it's consistent, you know, and and it's happening frequently, that's where the trouble really begins. Mm-hmm. It builds and it builds and it builds, and before you know it, you have a situation like this, which is enormously embarrassing to Bill O'Reilly, accomplished definitely, and to his company. Definitely. So, so why do people sexually harass others? Well, uh, again, there's a million reasons why that does happen. It's usually a failing on their part. Uh, a feeling of superiority, uh, an arrogance that allows them to believe that they can get away with what they want to get away with or that they are more desirable because they are more powerful, more rich. Exactly, more powerful. And hold that thought because when I was uh, describing earlier, 30-something years ago as a freshman and a sophomore at the first university that I went to, which shall remain nameless, uh, the gentleman responsible for my financial aid, you know, the financial aid officer, and he wasn't only responsible for my own, I cannot begin to tell you, and so he had power. I needed him to help me with my financial aid and getting financial aid, so there was a power position. Forget about the fact that he was more senior. He mm-hmm. totally abused that, and as a kid, yeah. I had no idea how to deal with it. Nobody tri- nobody tells you this, whether it was 30 years ago. I don't think they're talking about it in high school, college today necessarily either, yeah. and you sit there and you say, oh, 
I'm afraid. What do I do? And there is the opposite of where, well, maybe you're provoking it, but then we can get into a whole thing about blaming victims and we're not going to go there with this show. The fact is I tried to bring that up to somebody else in work. It would be an HR at school. It was the person who was responsible, the Dean of students. Okay. Nobody would hear from it. I found out later on because I eventually transferred from that university to Mm -hmm. a different university had a similar situation with with another professor. Terrible. However, I found out years later that that gentleman was ultimately fired because they could not continue to have these young girls complaining. Compl- there had to be some some truth, some some fire where where the smoke was. And while these allegations with Bill O'Reilly are allegations, it doesn't look good. And you sit there and you say, "Why?" Because you're in a position of power. Is that allowable? Where was the HR department? Well, again, it gets swept under the rug because I don't think anybody wants to admit it. There's Look, there's many people, and they approach life in a, in a certain way. Some put their head in the sand. Others take action. And in those sorts of situations, they just see trouble down the road, and they hope it will go away. And often it does because being a complainant in a sexual harassment case is not an easy job. Right. Oh. A, it's not simply... People get hurt in a personal injury action, as serious as that may be. They turn it over to their lawyer. Their lawyer takes care of the case. They get called when they're going to take a deposition, or they get called when they get a settlement. But in sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. the plaintiff is somewhat on trial because there are certain elements that the law looks to determine whether or not sexual harassment is, in fact, a claim that can can make it as a matter of law. And that's the subjective and objective? Exactly. In In a sexual harassment situation or a hostile work environment in particular, you have to have a subjective element and an objective component. What does that mean? Subjectively, the jury or the judge would have to believe that this person truly felt that their job was in jeopardy, that they were being harassed, that it impacted them to the point where it altered their work environment. There has to be enough evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Now, that can be countered. Obviously, you have a person who claims to be a wallflower, and someone said something that might seem innocuous, but she said constituted sexual harassment from her standpoint, and yet you find that, I don't know, she, she works at a, at, at a club stripping at night. Not that that's a bad job, but in the end, <laughs> how could someone complain yeah. about someone making such an innocuous comment and yet have that sort of job? That's a subjective element. The objective is, how does a reasonable person look at this? Does a reasonable person say, yeah, I see that as being a harassing situation? For example, if a person comes up to a woman and says, uh, have a nice day, uh, you're doing a great job, and then for some reason that individual, and believe me, that takes all kinds, says, I think he was harassing me. I think he was being snide. I, I think it had something to do with my looks. No one would believe that. That's not an actionable claim yeah. by any stretch of imagination. Right. So these are the type of things that make the cases complex. And therefore, the person who is involved in such a claim has to be working through this, is going to be on their toes. They have to answer questions properly. They have to understand that it's more than that. And we're going to come back with Paul Millis of Meyer Swazi, our legal expert on sexual harassment. You're listening to Gut Wisdom. Stay tuned on WCBS News Radio 880. Introducing Play.it, a podcast network like no other. At Play.it, you can hear your favorite WCBS features on demand. In the WCBS Eye on Politics. I'm Pat Farnack with the WCBS Health and Wellbeing Report. I'm Steve Greenberg talking about your next job. Hear those and more from WCBS when you need it. Plus, great content from other CBS stations. For the best in news, sports, business, and tips for your lifestyle, go to Play.it today. 
We're back and you're listening to Gut Wisdom. I'm Deirdre Koppelman here with your co-host with the most, J.G. John John Gassman. Gassman. (laughs) Yes. All right. We had to get your name out. And before the break, we've been talking with Paul Millis from Meyer Swazi English and Klein. Paul is our legal expert on the topic we are really digging into tonight, and it's sexual harassment. And we can say, yes, the ousting of Bill O'Reilly from Fox with, you know, all the allegations of sexual harassment is what spurred um, us to really change what we were supposed to have on air this week. That's for sure. uh, And talk about. And I'm glad we did because there's a lot to learn, and I'm glad that we can provide expert advice. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't see a lot of companies providing, you know, advice and counsel and training in this area, and it's something that's neglected. So, So, Paul, welcome back. Thank We're you. in our next segment. Yay. It was Yay. it was quick with news, traffic, and weather. Uh, how do you, who harasses and, and how do you identify? Um, I, I think a bigger question maybe our listeners might want to know is, what's the difference between sexual attraction and sexual harassment? Well, mm. the, the, there might be a very slight difference, but, but here's the problem in the workplace. Um, workplace romances 40 years ago, 50 years ago were accepted. The secretary ended up marrying the boss. Oh, yeah. Got and a lot was, of those. That was totally a legitimate uh, legitimate situation involving involving two consenting adults. But today, I think in any employment, uh, you have to frown upon um, relationships. And there are many companies that have policies in their employment handbook that prevent and say you're not allowed to enter into a romantic relationship with another employee because it's fraught with difficulties. Yes. Uh, uh, Two people can be on the same level, and that could be harassment, and then you could have that one individual become a supervisor, which makes it doubly difficult for the company for all sorts of legal reasons if, in fact, the harassment takes place during the time that he's a supervisor. So, look... It's natural and it's human that in the workplace people will be drawn to one another. I get it. I mean, let me ask you a question. I remember in 1987. You weren't born yet. You're so young. (laughs) I was. So I was working for a company and the president of the company asked me to... uh, Well, he was was overt. You know, usually I'm Mm. a little... I'm not always so quick to understand if it's an attraction, if it's sexual harassment for myself. Or, fri- or friendliness. Or you friendliness think everybody's just being I think friendly. I typically always have been on the, that person's just being nice. But And and I and as you navigate how to, as a woman, or, or a man, there are men who are subjected to sexual harassment also. No question. Okay. How you navigate the getting through it to identify, is it? Is it not? Is this in my head? Mm-hmm. Is it not? Is this something I should report? I I will tell you. So I remember asking. So it was definitely overt with this one president, person. with this one person. And I remember asking him, I said, aren't you married? And he said, oh, yes, I am. I said, well, I think that maybe perhaps you and your wife should be in uh, in therapy. But and, and, and I was a wise... The, you're being a wise girl again. A wise girl. But the yeah. key there is that you recognized at that point that whatever was going on warranted such a question. It was so, a little off. Right. So, yeah, so, that was off. So the thing is, it was that, something in his intonate. There was something that gave me a trigger that said, "This is not somebody who's just being nice." Right. People have good instincts. People kind of know it when they see it, or come to know it when they see it at some point in time. They evaluate their interaction with another human being, and like I said before, it is absolutely natural to have 
in a workplace setting where people are together for 8, 10, 12 hours, whatever their workday is, together, and suddenly that could force a remarkable relationship. Uh, but I have to say this. I understand it, but as a matter of law and as a lawyer, my advice would be avoid it. Mm-hmm. Avoid it because it's fraught with problems. And, of course, the reaction is, well, I like this person. Okay, I get it, but you're running a risk. Okay? Right. You're running a risk. So, therefore, attractiveness in the workplace, is, as J.G. put it, it's going to happen, and people will be attracted to one another. Um, a zero-tolerance policy is probably the best, as we talked about earlier in the earlier segment, from top to bottom, because it's just going to lead down a path that's going to be bad for everyone. And I'm sorry. You know what? Find somebody else. Go yeah. to the next. Go to somebody else's workplace and meet somebody where you're not working with them all the time and have a relationship. Uh, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Yeah. And we've we've seen this where a company has ousted a CEO Yes. Because of the fact uh Oh yeah. You know, maybe maybe there was something going on. Mm-hmm. We we don't even know the whole truth about the story other than yeah. the board made a decision it was time for the CEO to go. And you know, it was under the umbrella, they didn't make they didn't make their numbers and you know, for a wide variety of things, but months later, you know, stories come out. It doesn't matter. You and know, no judgment be, by the right. way. No judgment. We did a uh, sexual harassment investigation at a top surgeon uh, surgeon's office. And what's interesting is the collateral damage. So let's say you have a group of coworkers who are all chummy. They've all worked together. They all go out for brews and beers and things right, like that. Right. They're yep. hanging out and, you know, comments start to be made and gestures are made. And, and maybe between two, two people in that group, yeah. it's no harm, no foul, whatever. Right. But what about the person that it is offending? You know, here's the thing, um, and I always tell alcohol and employment uh, relationships simply just don't don't mix. mix. <laughs> and it's a, and and adding alcohol to the mix uh, where people feel more friendly, they're in a non-work setting, they feel they could say the things that they would say outside. Totally. And when you're at a function with employees, you're still subject to the rules right. of the game in so right. far as treating them. And we spoke about this. I don't know if you remember, but you know, it, you mentioned a great point, Paul. And when we spoke about right before the holidays, we spoke about holiday parties, you know, and the issues that are brought up at holiday parties typically is the alcohol. And people tend to let maybe loose. drink. Yeah, they let loose. They say things that they shouldn't say. And that's where most of the problems, a lot of problems, are developed at these events. Well, they, they can develop there. Yeah. And as Paul was saying earlier, they don't need to develop there. It's just people who are in, some people who are in Those positions situations. of power- that could be male or female. Absolutely. Have the opinion that they can pretty much override and do whatever, say whatever, get whatever, have whatever they want. So is it, is it, is it a fact, is it true that most of the time the victims are women? What do you, what do you see oh, in the no, practice? There's no question. It's just the nature of man and woman. The, most of the uh, people who are subjected to sexual harassment are, in fact, women. And, and as Deidre pointed out, it, does, it can happen to men, but not as often. Not yeah. as often and, and sometimes not as believable because yeah, that's the way I, our culture is. And, you, I, you know, I was saying beforehand, I remember the movie Disclosure in 1994, I think, with Donald Sutherland and Michael Douglas and Demi Moore, where this was all portrayed, where it wasn't the woman who was the victim. It was Michael Douglas, you know, who was the man being victimized, mm-hmm. you know, terrible. So it can, ha- it can go either way. Yeah. And yeah. To bring it full circle to where we started is that Look, you can tell the difference between sexual harassment and, and, and attractiveness, but sometimes they'll merge together at some point, depending upon how the relationship goes. I think that the watchword is for employers is that they should dissuade their employees from entering into romantic relationship, either through formal policy or other direction. 
it's just not worth it. Now, does that deprive someone of a possible match? I suppose. But as I've said, it's just not worth it in the workplace. You'll find some other man. You'll find some other woman. It's just too dangerous in terms of either the employee or the employer. I have a question. How do people get in contact with you? Well, I work at Meyer Swaz English and Klein. I have a website uh, that's up there. I'm on LinkedIn and all the other social media sites. So in case there were an employer who was looking for training, because training is important and necessary these days, any employer who is not training his employees and goes into court and the question is asked, what training did you receive, whether there was harassment or not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Today it's become an absolute necessity that they receive some measure of training. We can't make it stick. We don't know if it's going to work, but you have to educate your employees because a lot of them are walking around confused. And you know what? They don't need to be confused because you can make sense of it. And I want to go back to Bill O'Reilly. Let's go. Fox must have a massive Oof. human resources department. No doubt. No doubt. We, we Do you agree, JG? There's no doubt, right? You have this massive HR department. There are handbooks that I'm sure the talent is subjected to the there they must have contracts that you have to abide by the employer's ground rules no question okay just checking i'm looking at you i'm saying oh maybe not okay so i'm going back to this because you have a massive hr department you have years of allegations you have years of payouts what does that say to it, it you? It doesn't make much sense, does it? it no. No, there's so, a pattern. So, so is that is that the unsaid money is what rules this culture? Well, look. It, it, we, advertisers, Bill, the number of advertise, ad, ad revenue, this, that's our culture. Any one of these relationships, and again, I, I say that I do not know the nature of the case or the allegations in particular, so I cannot evaluate it from yep. a legal standpoint, but I can say this. You're right. 100%. You are dealing with the top of the top, the biggest money maker on behalf of Fox. Four million viewers a night, $178 million in revenue a year from the people that subscribe to his show. That's uh, not that, an easy call. Is that call. advertising That's dollars? advertising dollars. Advertising dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so when you have a person like that, it's tough to admit to yourself that in fact someone like this is engaging in behaviors, if in fact that were the case, mm-hmm. that you would expect from someone way down the chain. And ultimately, the person way down the chain would probably find himself fired a lot faster than the top talent at Fox News. That's just a fact. Let's right, so it looks like the brothers Murdoch, if I read this correctly, sort of got together and made the decision to rip the Band-Aid. Well, look, I, I've seen the news reports like anyone else. Uh, clearly, he was under fire. There was a lot of pressure being brought to bear. And after everything that happened with Gretchen Carlson and the others who have complained at Fox News, uh, they're at a tipping point right now. They've got to figure out who they want to be. Yeah. Do they want to be the poster boy or the poster station for sexual harassment? Or do they want to continue doing what Fox does very successfully, by the way, without these sort of distractions? And that must have been one of the most difficult decisions they could have made. Definitely. Bill O'Reilly is the biggest talent on that air. He is a moneymaker for himself. He's a moneymaker for the foundations. He gives a ton of money to charity. Mm. So let's give him some credit. Definitely. But the fact is, is that on the, on the station itself, they have to get out of that mode. It is just too dangerous. And they make too much money, and they have too much power to lose it over what should be 
sexual harassment. It shouldn't happen. It yeah. just shouldn't happen at Bill O'Reilly's level or any other any level. level. So we're on that note, listeners, I'm and JG. I think you'd be curious if you have ever experienced a situation where you've been or you feel you've been um, sexually harassed or you witnessed it. What did you do about it? How was it handled? Was it handled? We're curious because we may, uh, in fact, continue this conversation in another episode. I'd like you to email me at dk at gutwisdom, G-U-T-W-I-Z-D-O-M.com. And uh, I'd like you to share your stories with me. Go ahead, JG. What did you want to say? Before we cut him off, before he was going to share his phone number. Well, he's going to come back because I want there. Yeah, there are some wisdoms when we come (laughs) back from the break, but we have a couple of minutes before we do that. We're not saying goodnight to Paul yet. No, no. You know, and it's also fascinating as looking at this, how often I've seen this in schools with young kids. Oh, gosh. You know, so we're talking about in the workplace, but in personal lives, there was just recently a story about you know, every, a child being molested and accosted and a every, teacher doing this. I'm sorry. Every th- other day, every other week, if I read another story about... What you're seeing is, is all these... That's sexual fem- harassment. Fem- all these female teachers. Yes. Ha- having sex with 15-year-old boys. Yes. What are they thinking? I don't know. I don't know. And where, where is that policy? I, that That's a whole other Indeed. show. So, listeners, I would... We right, JG. We definitely would like to hear. I'm curious if you've had uh, experiences. How you handled them? Did you think they were handled well or not? Um, short note before we go to a break. Talk about our little uh, event coming up. Yes, that's just what I was going to do. JG, the Mister Mind Reader. So we have this awesome show coming up. It will be another live show awesome. taking place on. Uh, in the middle of June, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to have with us the CEO of Flywheel. So if you're not familiar with what Flywheel is, Sarah Rob O'Hagan is the CEO of Flywheel. And uh, that's sort of the direct competitor to SoulCycle. And she's got this uh, new book out called Extreme You. Mm. Uh, so that whole show is going to be very intense and about perseverance. So if you would like an opportunity to join us with VIP passes at that event, you know what to do. You can email JG. <laughs> at DK at com. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yes, of course, email me. And uh, again, listeners, I have uh, I spoke to Lee Tyler this week. He was uh, one of our listeners who had this cr- just tremendous insight into introspection and what he does with his team. Uh, we'll share that uh, as well. And when we come back just uh, in a little bit, JG, I know we want to bring Paul uh, along wisdoms, with yeah. us. Uh, I'm, I'm here for the ride. Good, because we'd like to share wisdoms on sexual harassment. What do you look out for? What do you do? What shouldn't you do? Um, and how to just be better. Right? We can do that. Okay. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a great topic. So uh, come back real soon. You're listening to Gut Wisdom, radio that resonates on WCBS News Radio 880. When you're on the train, it doesn't mean you're out of touch. Listen to WCBS on your phone or tablet. We're streaming live 24-7 with the news you need to know. Go to radio.com or cbsnewyork.com and you'll stay informed on your way to and from the office with WCBS News Radio 880. We're back and you're listening to Gut Wisdom Radio That Resonates. I am Deirdre Koppelman. Hey, hey, D. It's a very long name. It is. Yes. Deirdre Koppel. No. How's I, that? I don't know. Anyway, hi, JG, co-host. And if you are just tuning in, wow, we've been talking about sexual harassment. 
Uh, what a hot topic lately. A- <laughs> it's all over the news, and, and it's not just about Bill. There are so many other areas. And by the way, if you've missed the beginning of tonight's show, you can download this later and previously aired shows by either going to our website, gutwisdom.com, or you'll find us on iTunes or play.it. True. So and tune if, in. And before we get back to sexual harassment, uh, if you're interested in joining us, winning a chance to be a VIP at our live event in coming June. In June. Yeah. We have an amazing uh, guest, Sarah Rob O'Hagan. She's the CEO of Flywheel. Brand new book out, Extreme You. It's going to be incredible. It'll be live. You'll be around a lot of very cool people. Email me at dk at gutwisdom.com. Good. Love it. All right. You want to talk sex? No, I don't want to talk was about that, sex. Was that sexually harassing you? No, I think yes. I should give you some warning about talking about sex in the workplace, but we can we can continue. <laughs> no, but before that's Paul Millis, Paul from Meyer Swazi. Yes, English and yes, this is our legal <laughs> expert, <laughs> legal expert on sexual harassment. Yes, Paul, what were you saying? No, can the, I say that? Uh, you you can say that. It's just what you follow it up with that could be problematic. Uh, so I'm just I'm keeping an eye on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, during the break, we we just happened to start talking about that story, and uh, you were sharing a little bit about an episode that happened to you. Oh, another episode that happened to me. So for our listeners, just letting you get to know me a little bit more, as smart as I think I am. You are very smart. You just tend to be overly friendly with people. And you don't see things coming. You think I everybody is all happy and gay exactly. and friendly. And I, I don't see I don't see motives very clearly, and especially with men. And I don't know why. I just assume that everybody is just being nice. And yeah. I, I just met you, and I could see you're a very nice person. So well, that's thank why. you so oh, much. You can I come am. back again. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here was a story. I mean, this has happened my whole life. It's very hard to decipher if it's sexual harassment. Or if it's just somebody being nice or being flirty, you know, where's the boundary? So I was on a business trip, a trip that I take quarterly uh, for strategic coach. And in this, you know, quarterly trip, I'm in a room with 30 30 people. Entrepreneurs. 30 entrepreneurs, same 30 entrepreneurs. Every quarter we get together and there's a ritual. We get together for dinner either before our all day class or after. And this one particular time, we uh, all got together afterwards, and one of the guys said to me, um, oh, are you flying uh, are You flying out tonight? I said, no, no, I'm flying out first thing tomorrow morning. What about you? Making chit-chat. He tells me, oh, I'm flying out tonight. I'm like, oh. He's like, oh, are you staying at this hotel? I said, no, 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 I'm staying at the hotel by you know, Hilton O'Hare or whatever it was called. And I didn't ask him where he was staying since he told me he was leaving. And little by little, okay, about an hour and a half, two hours. So now like the 15 or so people that were at dinner, everybody's sort of leaving for different flights or if they live in Chicago. And basically he said to me, he said, oh, he said, you know, so I'll share a cab with you. I said, well, what time is your flight? So this is like two hours later. And he said, oh, I changed my flight. I'm leaving first thing tomorrow morning also. So stop right there. Your your antennas didn't go up. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's share a cab. (laughs) Not at all. Innocently. It's, I'm, I couldn't be any, I don't want to say innocent. I'm just not, that radar to me, all right, so we changed this flight. Listen, I also look at it like this. If I was If I was suspicious or suspecting of every guy that was nice to me, mm, I don't think that's 
like too healthy. You wouldn't be able to function either. in society. Okay, I so so to me, it, I'd rather err. On, I don't. It didn't cross my mind, JG, to answer your question. Right, yes. but but the fact of the matter that he was sitting next to you, he was. You know, did he ever touch you? Did he? No, ever, uh, he uh, never touched me. So uh-huh. now we're in the cab, and I'm not thinking anything about it. We get to the hotel check-in i'm having a little bit of check-in problems as usual anybody who knows me it's murphy's <laughs> law and he said oh do you want to if you want if you're still going to be awake whatever you want to hang out we'll meet in the lobby 15 20 minutes i'm like sure no problem because i really just want to fix whatever my issue is at the check-in desk because i was at the wrong hotel anyway went up to my room speaking to my daughter on the phone doing a check-in maybe 20 25 minutes get off the phone and there's a text message from this guy right and he said, um, hey, is everything okay? And I just texted back and I said, yeah, everything's great. I was just on the phone with my daughter. And then he said, oh, because would you like, if you would like, I can come up to your room. Now, wow. then. What's I, that all about? Alfie. Right. Mm-hmm. Then I said, th- then it hit me and I said, what? Like, there you go. what do you mean come up to, first of all, I've never had that happen in my life. I've traveled for business a very, very long time, no one has suggested that they come up to my room. So the minute that that happened, of course I said to myself, what is this guy kidding me? What does he think? He's going to knock on my door. I'm going to open up in like a bathrobe and it's going to be like this whole thing. Like, you must be kidding me. But I had no idea. So, Paul. Yes. What's the difference? How do you know? Well, again, uh, not you. we know that you're a very nice person. I'm not trying to say the listeners that you have are not very nice people. I'm sure they're all lovely. <laughs> the fact is is that you kind of know it when you see it. And, and it's really, it's a, it's a step-by-step process. It's a step-by-step step process. In other words, I'll give you, I'll give you an example in the law that, that's fairly clear to someone. There's something called quid pro quo harassment. What does that mean, a Latin term? If you say, have someone come up to you and say, you know, you're doing a great job. I really like you, and if we can, I'd like to get together. Now, that statement, if it stopped there, may still be not something you necessarily want to do in the workplace, but it's fairly innocuous. If the next statement after that is, because I can make things happen for you in this job, or I can make wow. this job difficult for you, right? believe me, that happens. Uh, that's quid pro quo harassment. It's essentially a threat or a promise in connection with something affecting the job. Uh, I think you know at that point. I right. Think you know. So, I, and then I, there's the retaliation piece of it. Well, that, that's you see, and, and people don't understand this, and, and I explain it to employers. Uh, very important. Um, most cases, maybe not most, but many, many cases mm-hmm. of um, harassment are coupled by a retaliation component because the person complained and then the employer did something that affected their workplace. Either they got fired, which yeah. is the worst of all, mm-hmm. cut their hours, cut their pay, made the job more difficult, put them under duties that they were, no, they were not doing before that were beneath them and beneath their skills and qualities. And, and what happens is, is that mm-hmm. employers don't understand, and what I tell them all the time is, once someone makes a legitimate claim of harassment, and you gotta accept every one of them as legitimate, they come up and they say to you. Good point. They come up to you and they say, we, uh, this this person came up to me and started rubbing my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And as he was rubbing my shoulders, he was telling me how beautiful I was. Oh, the and, touch, uh, the touchies, how right. often this comes up. Many times so people good. might tap, tap you on the back and say, good job. That's not harassment. But if someone couples that with a statement that you know it when you hear it, okay? Yeah. Um, it's like what a judge once said, a, federal, uh, a Supreme Court judge about pornography. You know it when you see it. Right. The fact is, is that... The when fact, you feel it. The fact yeah. is, under those circumstances, the employer has an obligation to investigate. And if the employer takes an action against that employee, for whatever reason, 
Maybe the supervisor finds out about it and says, I'm going to cut that person's hours. I'm going to make their job more difficult. That's retaliation. And do you know that there are, in the case law, you can have a claim of harassment that is unfounded, that ultimately will not rise to the level of harassment in the workplace, but the retaliation claim will be a winner every time. Now, to that point, I have done investigations inside workplaces. One of the most recent investigations was actually inside a law firm, believe it or not, and it was uh, an employment law firm, believe it or not. Wow. And <laughs> one of the attorneys was alleging sexual harassment, gender discrimination, retaliation, and I think age discrimination. That can't be. Attorneys are above reproach. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe that. I have to tell you, it was a very interesting case to investigate. And, you know, the reason they have people like me investigate is because I'm not an attorney. And it, if there's litigation, you know, I'm not. Right. Uh, what do you say? Um, a witness. A witness. Thank you. So it's uh, the retaliation. You're right. You're right. The quid pro quo, if you do this for me, I can make this happen. Or if you don't do this for me, I'll make sure that never happens for you, is deemed sexual harassment, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, if you take action against them because you're short-sighted, you decide to get rid of the problem, you open yourself up to a retaliation claim that you will inevitably lose as an employer. So that's that's the point when an employer has to make the right decision, generally, with consultation um, with an attorney, mm-hmm. to discuss what's the next steps. And really the step should be, let's have a full and fair investigation. And that is looking into the allegations, seeing if there are witnesses, seeing if there were any other complaints of a similar sure. time, a uh, similar type over time, and ultimately coming to a conclusion as to whether or not this rose to the level with an attorney involved mm-hmm. of harassment in the workplace. And then you issue your decision. Let me explain something so the viewers know. The fact is... Uh, we have viewers, listeners. Listeners, that... sorry. <laughs> I'm used to television. My mistake. Yeah. Now, what happens is, is that when a person complains... That complaint goes through a process. And, and where is the process set forth? It's set forth in an employment handbook. Every employee Critical. has an employee handbook. Yeah. 30 years ago, you didn't have an anti-discrimination policy in the handbook. Now, mm. if you don't, you are per se acting recklessly not to have such a policy. Right. And when you have such a policy, it actually helps the employer because there's certain Supreme Court decisions that say if there is a policy in place and it's full and fair, the investigation that goes along with it, and they come to a conclusion that the employer understands that this was harassment and takes steps to deal with it, that employer can absolve himself of liability because what more can an employer do under those circumstances? So what would you, what wisdom would you give to employees? Look, if you don't complain, then you're going to have a very difficult time later on because of the fact that policies is in place, because the law recognizes that you have an obligation to complain. And I'm sorry, I understand that employees say, I'm scared, I'm concerned about my job. I don't want to make a ruckus. Well, if you don't say something, right. you're never going to change the problem for yourself and, quite frankly, for others in the workplace. You must. You are protected by the law. Right. Uh, you're protected by retali- anti-retaliation statutes that would would absolutely hold the employer responsible. You must. If you don't, you take your fate in your own hands. So step up, complain, do what needs to be done. Go to your HR individual. Look at your employment handbook. Don't just throw it in a corner. Look at it to see exactly how the process works so you understand. Follow through. And from the employer's standpoint, have a full and fair investigation. Do what you need to do. And if you need to cut ties with an employee that you like, that you didn't think was capable of this sort of behavior, I'm sorry, you're going to have to cut ties with that employee. That will absolve yourself of liability and you'll be in good shape.
Paul, you're amazing. I want to thank you, JG, and I want to thank you for joining us uh, as our legal expert. I think maybe you can be our resident legal expert on other things. Maybe we could work that out. (laughs) (laughs) Is that sexual harassment? No, I'm just kidding. Not at all. Thank you. Go ahead. JG. No, it was was really very, very informative. And uh, again, there's so much to be learned from all of this. And again, for those of you that are first tuning in for the first time and you thought you were going to hear traffic news and weather, you're listening to uh, Gut Wisdom. And we have a lot of episodes that talk about different topics of interest, bully bosses, emotional intelligence, millennials, drama in the workplace. And of course, we have our book that's out on Amazon. How to obliterate drama, say goodbye to drama. That's a good one. Victims, bullies, and heroes. Everybody And sexual harassment. It's all about victims, bullies, and- Totally, totally. This is the perfect time. And it's a short book, and it's a short book with intention that gets into the roles of victims, bullies, heroes, and how to identify what role you might be playing. Where can I get that book? Amazon. Amazon, excellent. Yes. And how do we get in touch with you? Yes. Well, uh, again, I'm at Morris Wells Ignition Klein. We're located at 990 Stewart Avenue, Garden City, New York. My phone number is 516-592-5933. As I said before, I deal with employers and management in training and also giving them legal advice as well as litigating on their behalf. And every now and then I speak to an employee and try to help out. A doll. Yes, JG. What? What a great show. We want Yes. Go ahead. You please. Look, you look like you're really thinking about this. It's such it's an incredibly hot topic and uh, uh, I, I think don't think we'll there's do enough one. I don't think there's enough awareness out there in the marketplace. I this. I agree. I totally agree. So I think we'll have to do another episode. So tonight we want to thank our listeners. Um, of course, a very big thank you to our guest, Paul Millis with Meyer Swazi. And our partners at WCBS News Radio. We love that Kenya is here with us. Woo-hoo. You've been listening to Gut Wisdom Radio that resonates. So we're back next week. Have an amazing Saturday night. <laughs>